Welcome to the SN Sport Extra Time Podcast, sponsored by Askew Brook. We make the web do more and powered by Grandon Graphics. Really pleased to be joined by Scarborough Athletic Manager Darren Kelly on the phone tonight. Darren, how are we doing? Good, Dan, thank you. Good, good. Keeping busy, I, I hear. You know, very busy, very busy um, in, in such positive ways. Um, again, just, just planning, preparing everything. Um, you know, again, enjoying, you know, family time, um, enjoying learning new things, learning new language. Um, but again, it, it, a lot of it goes to, uh, you know, itchy feet, if you want to call it, and the fact that I'm just ready to go for next season, Dan. You know, I'm, I'm seeing even the likes on social media. You know, I think fans are... Um, looking at as well, but obviously the the, the big thing is, and, and the most important thing is, you know, everybody stays healthy, and you know this this will be what it is, um, and and until that changes, we have to just stay the way we are, you know. But hey, the, the, it's, it, it'll not be for the the want of trying, and you know, getting everything prepared and ready for for next season, whatever that may be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we speak every week, nearly, and, and yeah. we, we've discussed this to death, haven't we, about the about the virus and how difficult it is to plan things at the moment. We've obviously had yeah. you on the had you on the Extra Time podcast. You're the first person to be invited back, so you're the first person to be on it twice. Oh, good. <laughs> so obviously, last time we had a lot of questions from fans and yeah. um, and bits and pieces. So I just wanted to t- just to delve into your career a bit more playing and management and just and just touch on yourself a bit more and um yeah. maybe just tell us how he started out playing football um i believe with trojans um who, who influenced your career early on and, and your first big moves yeah well the trojans really um were, were my boyhood club um a fantastic club of fantastic people um who people are still keeping in touch with you know rim and carton a guy was a big big part of you know a big part of that, um, growing up in Northern Ireland, you know, right, sort of in the Craigan, um, brought, up, brought up effectively my grandparents, my mum without work, um, so no real father figure in my life. Um, my sport really would have mixed between football and, and boxing, to be honest with you. Uh, but Raymond Carton, in terms of the playing the football side, was, was a big influence to, to so many young aspiring footballers he was very much a father figure and um, he sort of you know guided that process of, of you know that early days of going through um, you know different age levels yeah definitely so obviously he went on to Derry, Town, Derry City from there yeah yeah went on obviously you know my hometown club the main club um, in the city <coughs> um, and again it, it's always been you know I, I'm going back to a time to be honest with you where you know, the stadiums, you know, which was obviously the Brandywell, but it was packed, mm. you know, when I'm, I'm talking packed, I'm talking five, six, seven thousand, yeah. um, and then the powers of obviously the, you know, the them would have been the Division 1, and then it goes into the Premier League, and the Sky, and all that, the numbers started to drop, but I mean, you know, it made me debut for Derry City when I was 16. Wow, um, what was that like? Uh, you know what, I can remember it, no problem. I'll tell you, um, I was playing my first, my first game, um, my debut, and then at that era, you know, the, the League of Ireland then would have been quite a, quite a physical league, um, and I was always up for the challenge. To be honest, that was the type of player I was. You know, I, I was, I was by no means ever the best player, but it would have hurt me. Like, would I want to take into management? 
but I wore my heart and my sleeve. I gave me absolute everything to everything that I'd done. Um, and, and that was effectively um, that debut where I was playing um, against a, a guy called Ian Gilveen. My father's the famous Gilveen played for Spurs. Right. But this guy was about six foot, he's about six foot four. He was an absolute monster. But I always remember me, me teammate I was playing beside Daddy said, when you get up, take your elbows up and protect yourself. I thought, what's he talking about? First five minutes, boom, broken nose. <laughs> I'm thinking, jeez. You know, I was used to them, even from an early age, you know, it's that breaking nose, boxing, because I was boxing every night of the week. And, um, but I mean, yeah, that, that was almost a welcome, I don't care what age you are, but a welcome to senior football. So really, it, it, it excelled from that. Um, and various, you know, different club visits, um, you know, passed on by then, and, um, and well, to sign up professionally, um, as much as it was a number of clubs for, you know, a, a space of time, you know, signed professionally at Carlisle when I was 22. Yeah, big fee as well at the time. Yeah, £100,000. Um, again, I can remember, um, the thing about it is, and, if you can, if you can remember the old teletext, you know, Peter yeah. Gay jokes about it when he's doing his com- comedy thing, you know, doing the travel thing, and the page goes and the page goes. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about the move or anything like that until it came up in teletext, and it said Derry turned down um, hundred pound offer from Carlisle, you know, for Kelly. I, that was the first I knew about it. Right. I spoke to uh, the, the club chairman at the time, I said, what's this about? Um, I said, oh, that's true, and I was a bit annoyed by that, because, again, and, and that's why I'm, I always like to be upfront and honest with players, um, even, you know, negotiating with players. I, I tried to, you know, think of when I was back and the things that affected me and annoyed me, and that's why I have a, have a, have a real honesty with dealing with players and, you know, clubs and, and, and everything. You know, I'm upfront if there's a club comes in, puts seven days, and I tell the player, and at the end of the day, if the player wants to stay, they'll stay. Uh, but I like to get things like that, be upfront and honest. And at that time, I was a bit annoyed. Um, uh, so much so that I actually made um, contact with I knew the manager at the time, Roddy Collins, because I played against him a number of times when he was managing Bohemians in Ireland. And, you know, I got a number, and, you know, again, um, you know, what, what is this? Is it a genuine offer? Blah, blah. And he said, Derry, Derry want more money so they can back with a bid of, I think it was £101,000, mm. you know, and I said to the club, you know, I always wanted to be a pro, it's a great challenge, blah, 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 um, and I think it was a couple of months after that then that, um, yeah, signed for Carlisle. Right, and then 42 appearances at Carlisle, according to this, um, Yeah. before you moved back, back across the, the pond yeah, again. that was league, there was FA Cups, there was all sorts of Cups and everything in there, yeah. um, and to be honest, it was a great, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Met me now wife there um, when I was at Carlisle. I absolutely loved it. And have such fond, happy memories um, of there. But the big thing is, it's like you know, I'm, I'm very realistic as well. I knew my as the game was changing, my abilities weren't weren't, weren't really as such. You know the way the game was going. You know, for example, you look at the modern day centre back. You know, very technically, very good. Get it down, play. I was just no hold barred, out and out defender, get through a brick wall for the team. Not 
really technically good, tactically very aware, read the game well, but technically I was off it, you know? Um, yeah. And 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 like when um, when Robbie got the sack, he brought in Paul Simpson, and uh, Paul Simpson I thought was fantastic. He released me, but, you know, he's, um, I think he was playing, he'd finished off playing at Rochdale, and, and he came in, um, and... There, there was a couple of games that played, to be fair, done very, very well. But, you know, the thing, he, he wanted to get it down and play. And um, as much as he knew what I would give from a defensive point of view, I think he wanted to get a bit of experience in there as well. And as I said, I was only, you know, 22 at the time. Um, so he could big Kev Gray, um, who, who came in and played, again, a monster. But, you know, it, it technically was okay. It was better than me. Yeah. Um, and... and Pretty much, I think, with the salary that I was on, I became surplus. Mm. Um, so I agreed. Um, I agreed um, a, pretty much a pay-up um, and, and left the club. Um, mm. A lot of it, I was, you know, again, I, I was planning for my career in coaching. I knew the way I want. I'm, I'm a, quite a deep thinker. And, you know, I knew the way my, my sort of career, I knew the way I wanted mm. it to go. Um, but the big thing was, in terms of leaving school, we know we're in education. I wanted to be, as I say, boxing and football was, was pretty much my life. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I needed to sort of almost re- re-educate myself. So I wanted to, you know, I finished off. I'd, I'd done various courses, and um, and which I think were important to my development, you know, in terms of where I wanted to go, but also just educational things, you know, there's a... Um, that, that I, you know, feel was very important. So yeah, well, I went all down that line. I came back. I trained to be a sports therapist. I done my coaching badges, and as I said, done various different other um, other courses, yeah. um, which I think were important to do. And you know, getting the pay up from Carlisle, able to go back to Ireland, and and play part time while I could do these, I think it was very important. Yeah. So, so were you, was it not a difficult decision to make then to go to Portadown from from Carlisle? And- um, no, no, it wasn't, um, because as I say, I, I knew that if I wanted, you know, football is such a short career, and, and if football was to stop, I'm talking then, if football was to stop, to be honest, when I'm 23, I'm struggling, Dan, because mm. I had nothing behind me, you know, and I, I think it was important, like I'm trained now, and many of them just finishing a Masters, and you know, it, uh, these things are important, and I even speak to players now who you know, um, and I say, what are you going to do? Yeah, do? You know, I don't know, I might go and do this, and I might go and do that. They're, they're 35, 36, 37, yeah. you know, getting on, and, and they didn't they didn't sort of think of that when they were at that 20, 21, 22, mm. what I thought was important. You know, I, I needed, I needed to, to really get a grip of things, and, and, and looking back at it now, I'm I'm so um, I'm so happy that it did. Yeah, it says here on your Wikipedia page that you launched a stinging attack on the prima donnas at the club and felt some of his teammates lacked ambition and determination. Um, yeah, but I think the wording was. Um, I'll give you an example. Like Porter Down is a big club in Northern Ireland, and with a team that we had. Um, the team that we have, we should have actually done a, an interview with Pat Van Dort last week. And, and I look back at my time there, and it, it was great. But the team that we had, man for man, was 
uh, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people's opinion, was the best in that league. Now, the, the big thing was, and, and this is where you know things that come in, there were certain games, the players would show up from about every game, home away, that, and, and as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm basing this on facts, by the way. Um, you know, so I'll go into every game with the same mental attitude and the same, you know, desire and commitment and everything you want. But like, I, I'm in, I'm in teams, and as I say, you know, they come out in the papers and things like that. But as I say, it was worded maybe a bit over the top. But journalists, you know, shocking, isn't it? Captain of the team, I, I let these players know too. By the way, it wasn't just the going behind their backs, um, but. That team that we had, in, in my opinion, and again, a lot of other people, you know, even reporters in Ireland, man for man was the best team. But the problem was, and I know this for fact, because there's in conversations where I know players that even said, oh God, I don't fancy it today. Mm. When you go to Cliftonville on a wet Tuesday night or something where you know it's going to be a scrap, there was three or four that that um, didn't show up effectively. Um, and it wound me up because we finished, we finished a second and a third to Linfield. Linfield had all the resources. You know, the, the Northern Ireland team rented the, the stadium off them and, and paid X amount a year. They, they had the whole driving force and the money and the backing to do that and they dominated the Irish League. But we had a better team. Mm. Um, and it just frustrates, uh, you know, it, it just frustrated me the fact that with such quality in the team, but yet, you know, you'll go and beat, for example, the bigger teams. You'll go and beat your Glen Torrens convincingly and easy but yet you'll go to the lesser teams on a Tuesday night or, or, or a wet Saturday and you'll lose and when you look engaged over the season then the teams uh, and the points that you lost you know what you're going blimmin' heck teams that you should be beating 6-7 you're losing 1-0 and when you tally them up over the season and you're you know you've lost out in the league they say maybe 4-5-6 points but you've lost probably about 12, 13, 14 points from them silly, you know, um, silly losses. It, it just became frustrating. Yeah. You know, because as I say, and I'll stand by it, I, I, was, I was nowhere near ever the best player, but you know, I, I just lay everything in the pitch. Yeah. Something I just want to do, I want players to do as, as a manager. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, you're not guaranteed to play well. You know, I get, I get that. But the one thing is, you know, your attitude and going out and giving your best, that, that's a given, yeah, you know? definitely, And yeah. unfortunately, you know, it just the times they didn't do it. Mm. And then obviously they moved back to Derry, and I bet he didn't expect at this point in your career to be playing in the UEFA Cup and then the Champions League, obviously, as well. No, well, again, my, my, my hometown club, um, and on, on that, 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 that was an easy decision, um, you know, because again, you know, when you're, when you're, Doing various different qualifications, run into that as much as Derry was. Derry City was full time at the time. They trained at four, four thirty on a day, so you're able to, you know, if there's any le- learning or university stuff or anything, you're able to do it during the day. Um, and I must say, you know, that that squad that we played in was just something else. Looking at it now, and again, I've done an interview today with Kev McLaughlin. Um, speaking about that because like everything in social media now and rightly so people are going um, talking about times gone by and yeah. you know it's it, it, it's fantastic you know I'm, I'm addicted to the ones on social media with Scarborough 
you know, seeing the old McCain Stadium, Lincoln is sort of thing. God, it looks similar to the, the one we have now, and all them great memories, a big dance form, and then people like that. But I love all that, you know. Um, yeah. But as I say, come back there, you know, we were, we were the nearly treble team, if you like, you know, the FAA Cup. Um, and, and that's when we really get the Brandywell um, bouncing again because you would have had five, six, seven thousand at the game because we, we effectively were dominating. We, we had a great cup. We, we won the FAI Cup, which is the equivalent of the FA Cup in Ireland. Where we won the League Cup, which, you know, again, is the, the equivalent of the League Cup here. Um, and, and we lost out in the league on goal difference. Mm. You know, um, bear in mind, as I say, we, you know, there's some games we'd play, you know, you'd play a Tuesday or Wednesday, then, you know, in Europe or something, then you're playing on Friday in the league. Yeah, wow. You know, yeah. but we really, we really got through it. We were, we were a great, a good team, uh, camaraderie, everything that you would really want in a team. And um, it was just annoying to, you know, to lose out in, um, you know, in goal difference. Yeah. But, you know, in Europe, we, we played... Gothenburg, um, home and away. We we beat them one nil in Gothenburg and beat them. I think it was one nil at the Brandywell. Um, a, a lot of that, you know. Again, I think was motivating in itself. And if you can remember Nicholas Alexanderson, the yep. Everton player, Ever- Everton, yeah, he'd come out in the local papers in in Sweden saying it's oh, just a matter of turning up. And you know, there's your motivation there. Yeah. You know, I, as you know, I'm big into the psychology. I've done a degree in psychology, and um, you know uh, that that that's your motivation. And we done that, and we used that. Um, and then we went on. We played Gretna, very very similar thing. Gretna was throwing a lot of money, um, and funny enough, one of the one of the the times gone by the Scarborough things was Brooks Mileson. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brooks Mileson owned Gretna. Mm. Um, and obviously pumped a lot of money. They went from, you know, the Scottish third right to the Scottish Prem. Yeah. Um, right into obviously the cup final and then obviously through that got a place in, in Europe. Um, and we played them. We they had no official, no, I, I think the, the ground, which I played a number of times, correct, there was nowhere near the standard required. So I think they had to effectively rent out for a park and Motherwell's ground. Yeah. So we played them in the UEFA Cup um, there, and we beat them 5-1. And then we played them two weeks um, later um, in the Brandywell, and we ended up beating them. But again, it was a similar thing um, in the papers. You know, the managers coming out with silly things, really. And that's why I'm always conscious of of saying things, you know, because (laughs) they were coming out with stuff that just motivated us. Yeah. Um, and then the next one then was the might of Paris Saint-Germain. I was about to say, yeah, the PSG was the famous one, yeah. Who was in the yeah. PSG team that night then? Huh? Who was in the PSG team? Who were you marking? Um, Patrice well, Loco around that sort of time? a guy called Paletta. Right. Um, if you look at him, he's, um, he's, he's actually very famous um, in, in Portugal. Um, played for Portugal and everything. So, yeah, we played him at the Brandywell and drew 0-0. Um, and then we played in the Parc de France, um, and they beat us two 0 Right, no shame. No. Uh, but no, we we, we left our heads held, head held high, um, and you know the experience was just was just absolutely fantastic. You know, and that's why 
you know, that you enjoy them. I reflect a lot upon these nights and, you know, any game I played or managed, you know, because again, like you always want to remember the good times and try and better the, the yeah. maybe the not so good, you yeah. know, experiences of life. And um, I'm very, I'm very much on that. But you know, them experiences were just the best, yeah. you know. Um, obviously, you've you've come across to England and back across to Ireland, and then obviously, um, did you expect to come across to time for York City? Uh, was that a surprise? Did it come as a bit of a surprise to you? And how did it come about? No, it wasn't a surprise because of, because of, of, of how well I was doing for Derry City. I was keen to move back. I made the noises that I wanted to move back because, as I say, you know, I met um, met my now wife in two thousand, just turned two thousand and three, um, January two thousand and three, and um, obviously, you know, the, the the time apart back and forth. But you know, then um, at Derry, I knew that you know I wanted to get back to England, especially playing as well as it was in these, you know, um, in the league, and they're doing so well. Um, Kilmarnock wanted to sign me. You know, there was a couple of clubs in there um, who who wanted who wanted to sign me because, as I say, I, I made the noises as well that um, Dundee United was another one. I think that was the one I was nearly going to, but Derry was looking for, for £50,000. Um, and... Well, as I say, Dundee United and, and Kilmarnock didn't want to pay, didn't have the money to pay that. So York City um, paid the 50 grand and, and yeah, signed for York and it was coincidental because as much as I met my wife and everything in Carlisle, she's actually from York. All right, okay. So um, it, it was just so coincidental and, and, and we've been here pretty much, um, yeah, we have been here ever since. And it says on your thing that you went back to Porter Down from York again. Yeah, yeah, aye. So I went back to Portadown, just travelled, um, travelled back and forth. But as I say, I was living in, was living in York. So That's a trek. You know, we bought a house and everything when I was in York, and mm. then the time for Portadown again. Um, and effectively, all, all I was doing was flying in on a Saturday morning and back on a Saturday night. Right. Wow. Wow. Must have been quite yeah, difficult. Yeah, as I said, just get to the stage then that. You know the again having having a young kid and things like that. You know the challenges were were were, were um, changing and um, it wasn't again with work because it was working here and everything. I was finding it difficult to to put the time into training and everything as well. So um, yeah, I, I just said to Ronnie, the man, listen, I, you know I, I can't do this anymore. I was, I'm very honest in the fact that you know I, I was picking up with you know, a good wage, a very good wage if you look at it, if it's only doing it for one day. Um, and I don't want to ever be one of those that absolutely milk it, you know, I'm just very honest and say, listen, and, you know, um, I, I want to go back to England, you know, what you're sort of paying me and, and things like that, I don't think right for what I'm given. I'm not training much in England and everything, you know, different things going on. And um, and to be fair, he was great. He, he, he understood and, and, you know, we... we like, you know, every manager I've ever left with, uh, um, we've left in very good terms. Yeah, very honest, very honest. Uh, obviously, spells at Staley Bridge, Garth of Frickley, but I just wanted to touch briefly on, because I'm conscious of time and I want to speak about you, you, you move into coaching and your management career. Uh, talk about your brief spell playing for Sky Athletic, how infectious you found the club. We've spoke about this before, but and how yeah. you found it at Queensgate and, and just your initial impression and how the, how the move came about as well. <laughs> well, today I was and that's why you know ever since then me uh, just such um, I think of them times and the scars of the, the, the crowd 
um, and everything about it. I thought this was I thought this was absolutely fantastic, right up my street. I was a, I was a bit cringing to be honest with you because you know Martin Martin Day yeah uh, is absolutely brilliant. He put it in the paper, and we had a, we have a wee giggle about this. <laughs> you know, Champions League, uh, borrowed the same Champions League player. Yeah, somewhere in the archives, and I, I'd, I'd love to see it. And I, I said to Martin, I said, God, how disappointed they must have been <laughs> when they seen it was me, yeah. you know? Um, because even, even then, there was a bit of social media, and some of the names that were floating about <laughs> yeah. were fantastic. But then, when my name propped up, they must have thought, who the is this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but as I have to say, you know, the, the like of... Yeah, Obviously, you know, just touching back a bit, you know, like uh, Staley Bridge linked into me coaching because Jim Harvey was there here in New York. I'd never actually played for Staley Bridge or anything like that. Right. Um, but it was just to help Jim out with numbers and coach coach a team. So I was almost, you know, um, a step with me coaching as well because most clubs, even the like of um, when I was at Scarborough, um, you know, there was all the training sessions. You used to train at Bishop Burton and that, and you'd the like at Denny and that. You know, you do little bits and pieces within the sessions then. Um, at that time, I was working at York City when I was doing the, the Scarborough thing. But you just knew then what the club was about. You just knew itching to get back to their own stadium and things like that. And I, I just thought, you know, the people you spoke to and, and the way I was treated, I thought was fantastic. And ever since then, I've, I've really had a good, a good feeling. Um, even more now, I have a great connection with the supporters and that's something that's very very important to me um, I connect with them so well you know again it's my big thing in life is people skills you know you treat people how you like to be treated and, and, and I make time for people because people make time for me yeah. um, and, and that was a big thing that stood out at, at, at Scarborough you know and it's again a result um, I've always you know um, looked for um, and even Dave Holland um, bless him you know, you know the conversations used to have with with them guys who were on the board, and that were were just fantastic. And you see, you know, that how passionate people were about the club and where they wanted to take the club. And it was just I knew then you're thinking, Do you know what, this is me. This is this is a fantastic project. You know, because what what you effectively have is a thousand plus a thousand plus people at every home game really getting behind a team mm. um, you're thinking you know what man, you could really kick on with this you know um, yeah. and that boom 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 I'm on a few years and I'm I'm in the manager's seat and there you go. Um, I, I would just love I would just love to bring them successful times back and yeah. I rest assured I'll be given absolutely everything to, to make sure that I can do that and assemble you know um, a team to do that yeah, definitely. I'm conscious of the time here. Obviously, I don't want to keep you all night. It's quite late here. Um, and I want to touch on your man- 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 managerial career here. Bit of a baptism of fire, and it'd be fair to say, uh, brief spells at Oldham and Halifax. How did yeah. the how did the appointment at Oldham come about? And and just talk us through maybe what happened there, and and obviously yeah, subsequent no departure. Yeah, I speak very openly. You know, the thing about it is, I don't. I'm never. I'm never. I never bad mouth anything. You know, this is. Um, I just want to make that point before I talk about that because I've never really talked about it. Right. Um, because for a while, you sort of think you know you you, you spend thousands of pounds, for example, and help the PFA to you know to do your coaching badges and things like that, and then within the space of effectively seven months, boom, it's gone. Mm. 
know. Um, and, and as I say, I've never really spoken about it. Um, but as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll quite um, happily speak to you about it, Dan. But yeah, the, the old thing came about and, and me applying um, was Lee Johnson was a manager. Lee Johnson had a very similar career to myself and um, he went on then to Barnsley. You know, there was a vacant um, position open. So I thought the similar age, similar background, I was more qualified. Um, so yeah, I applied for the position. Um, I got a sort of in, if you like, you know, there was an email address. So I went to a couple of games, done, you know, do a lot of due diligence into the club and that. So done quite a, you know, went, I'd done a, a report and sent it on and everything. Then they invited me in for an interview, put a presentation on. They invited me back. I, I was actually working at Sunderland at the time. Right, okay. Um, you know, Sunderland when they were obviously in the Premier League. So... I mean this with the best intention. In terms of, you know, in 2009, when I set about the UFA license, um, I put, um, like, a 10-year plan, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve within that, you know, within that 10 years. Um, and, the, the you know, so as I said, I wrote, I wrote everything on, but in terms of, you know, getting to football league, you know, in terms of that, sort of as quick as it did, wasn't on the agenda. Yeah. My plan was to sort of start low non league and build um build a team up, you know? Yeah. To yeah. Sort of really come up, you know, started obviously academies and worked the way up into non league senior football and then boom try and take it on from there. So as I say, you know, the olden thing, just a big chance uh, application, everything sent in, a little bit of due diligence into the club, sent a bit of information, report through, and then, as I say, the, I, I got an interview, um, and I, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I was quite blasé about it, because I just, if you were to go into the bookies, it would be probably about 10,000 to one, you know, I'd yeah. be bigger odds than Leicester winning the Premier League, yeah. but... It, it, because as I said, I went in and done the presentation, and, and I think it present quite well. Yeah. Because you know, it, it was one of those where I was blasé about it. I didn't think I would get it. I would go for the experience. They talk about in the pro license of getting interviews and enjoying the experience of interviews and things. And you know, when one interview, I talked about my managerial and what I would do, um, formations, and then I went into. They called me back for a second interview, and I talked about cohesion. Um, then there was then there a third interview, um, and it was something else. And then they called me back for a fourth interview. Fourth interview. Was an interview. Wow. Um, somewhere totally different. And then um, it, it was in one of the directors. Um, it was a, an estate agent or something like that. One of his directors' offices. And you know, I sat. I went to get the presentation. He said, "No, no, I want you to just come and sit and talk to us." So I talked to him in depth, and he said, "Would like to offer you a position." And I thought, brilliant, didn't, uh, you know, at, at my tools that, I, um, that uh, I, I would have utilised and things, but, that, and I look back at it now, and, you know, hey, uh, I'm looking at the positive, out, out, you know, outlook of it, and the fact that there's so much learning, you know, that I'd, I'd taken out of that, um, that I, I wouldn't let happen again. Um, you know, for example, they, they said you must have the man. You know, the management team um, is your. That's a management team, and you don't have your own management team. All right. You know, so I thought, right, okay, that's fine. You know, uh, but the, I, I must say now, you know, the the 
even though the um, like Dean Holden and, and the guys they were absolutely fantastic. They were, you know, but I didn't know them at that stage. Yeah. But you know, when you get to work with them, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, the, so that that was the first thing. Um, I thought, right, okay. And then just just the general. I'm beginning to managing up, um, and the fact that keeping the board in the loop with what I'm doing. Um, and I find it extremely difficult. I had a lot of players that I wanted to sign that I think, you know, from, again, a couple of them were, a few of them actually were, were from academies and, and these are players that would have cost little, very little money. But they, the owners at the time had, um, uh, they, they only dealt with um, agents. It's a group called Stella Agency. Um, and they only dealt with them. All right. So any, they brought in their players, you know, that, Again, they weren't, you know, again, I'm not I'm not making excuses or anything like that, but, you know, as I said, I was at Sunderland at the time, so I identified a number of players like Jack Stevens with a young lad coming through at Southampton, um, who would have done very well, spent the, the season before that at Swindon. Um, you had Adam Atkinson, um, who... Uh, Adam Armstrong, sorry. Yeah, from Newcastle. Um, who, Newcastle, yeah. but the... He, he would cost absolute buttons, but as I said, they insisted they're bringing in their own players. Yeah. That I, 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 well wanted to play and everything, so they, they wouldn't let that happen. The player would brought in, then it, it, it obviously broke his leg within, you know, the first um, couple of games. Mm. So Adam Armstrong then, you know, obviously a knockback, it would be five or six. Adam Armstrong was knocked back, who, you know, he, he went to Coventry then, scored nearly 30 goals that season. Is he at Blackburn now? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I, so as I say, they, you know, we're going back to 2015 here, so mm. it was one of those. Um, you know, the, the the big thing for me, which is a great satisfaction, is, um, you know, again, coming in and, and, you know, as we spoke about before only yesterday, actually, um, was, was I wanted to, one of the first things, be due diligence in, I went to the youth team. Um, it was the youth cup final where Oldham was playing Rochdale. And, you know, you had, you had some players in the team that were released and some that got pros, but one of the young players that re- they'd released was a guy called George Edmondson. Right. They'd actually released him, but as I say, I went to that youth team game, and um, when I came in, well, actually part of my interview spoke about him, um, but by this stage, you know, I, I didn't know that he was already released, so when I get the manager's job, I, I you know, again, I, I persuaded the board that I could work with him, and it was one of probably one of three things actually let me have. Right. But I mean, I, I persuaded them. Listen, I can work with him. You know, he needs to be brought in. He brought him in and absolute buttons. Um, you know, you're probably talking about 150 quid a week or something wow. like that. You know, for you know for a footballer in, in League One. Wow. Um, and you know, really work with George and training and thing really helped his game. Give him his first team debut. Um, and you know it was last summer and he signed for Rangers for a million quid yeah. so yeah. it was one of those uh, a really great satisfaction from that but you know the big thing was I couldn't manage up um, they, they wouldn't let me they wouldn't <coughs> turn me calls you know they wouldn't see me thinking on things they wouldn't let me bring their own players in and you know they, you know, don't get me wrong I'm not saying it, it's all their fault but you know I'm you know, I, I was sacked when they were in eighth position, um, and any managers can in after that, as you know, it's all been a downward spiral. Is it the same owner as that Paul Scholes managed under? 
Is it the same? Because yeah, he, he quit. Again, it was the same thing yeah. when he was there. Yeah, he quit straight away, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, but I think it might have been actually different owners, but you had some of the board that were there who right. were very, you know, some of the board that, again, um, when, you, when you spend time, good people and good to talk to, but when I tried to get, you know, get in touch with them in regards to doing things right and professional, they, they just wouldn't return me calls. It became very difficult to manage. I struggled with it um, because, as I say, they wouldn't let me. They, they wouldn't give me anything at all. No. Um, Nine games, all, though, is nothing. There's no time to make put a stamp on anything, is it? No, well, that's what I mean. But the thing about it is, that, you know, as I say, I, you know, I, I, we, we were, uh, well, I was sacked when, when we were in eighth, and they'd they just gone. I, I don't, I don't get any great satisfaction out of that whatsoever. But it proves the point. Usually, a manager can come in and you go upwards. They just went down, 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 <laughs> and just then, you know, which, which unfortunately in this, in this country now is t- clubs and rich owners or whatever it may be don't give managers time. You know, I, I have no doubt that you know if they had to give me. Time, you know. Bear in mind, I lost two league games, and it was like, you know, only lost two games. Um, and and bear in mind, within them two games, with with loads of injuries and things like that. And bear in mind, the last game I was sacked, the actual board told me to to pick a team. Now, my naivety let that happen because I thought, to be honest, in doing so, that would give me time. Mm. You know, give me time. You know, and it's a first shot, so it's okay. It's on them. But it wasn't my last game. Then we we we'd lost to Peterborough. You know, I, I was playing a four-two-three-one, and they made you know I'm not saying they made me. Um, they didn't. You know, it wasn't a demanding thing like that. But it was it was just uh, oh the chairman likes this and they'd like you to do that. I didn't I didn't challenge it. I should have done. Yeah. Um, and just sort of sticking with this. But we went to um, four-four-two diamond, which he said oh, I like these two up front. And ended up getting beat. You know, bear in mind I, I worked. I worked in the shape and everything. Um, I worked uh, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, um, and um, one of the directors phoned and, and said to me about this on the Friday. We've done no work on a diamond or anything like that. I'm not overly that keen on a diamond as such, mm. uh, without even working on it. And um, yeah, done that on the, the Saturday, and we ended up getting beat. I, I actually knew. Um, I, I just knew, you know, you, you that feeling the way it was going to go because. You know, as I say, I'd, I'd no, not that I've no control, you're basically, you know, going off the cuff with it in terms of the diamonds. You're trying to talk people into positions, in possession, out of possession. I ended up getting beat 5-1, and um, mm. yeah, I was, I was in the middle of a team talk, and um, the door opened, and the chairman called me out. And were, um, as I say, it was, I was relieved of my duty, shall I say. That's, I mean, that's disgusting. Um, you weren't out of, out of work long, obviously, to Halifax. Um, the next month, according to this, uh, and then again another short stint. Maybe just touch on that again. And was it another kind of um, a bit of a, a struggle for yourself? Or it, it, it was, but as I say, I'd learned I'd, I'd learned the big lessons that I wouldn't let happen again. Um, and as I say, you know, the, these things like I, I wasn't it came out that it was, and again, I wasn't I wasn't sacked there or anything. It came out that it was, um, and, and it wasn't that case at all. You know, you, you, you David there, the chairman, great, great guy. Um, but again, experience teaches you a lot, and the fact that you know things that you know, like when you do every interview or whatever, you ask questions. I, I didn't such do it at, at, at Oldham, to be honest, because it was my first thing. But you know, the next through that experience, I asked 
more questions came into the Halifax thing and I'd, I'd spoke to him in regards to things, you know, is there this, is there that, but there were certain questions I didn't ask. Now, you know, a big thing was, you know, the, the, the numbers in training, the numbers in training, you know, they went, uh, when I took over um, from, from Neil Aspen, you know, um, uh, they, they, they were down there. I, I could probably see why people use the old cliche about not being fit enough and things like that. I think they were fit enough, but the problem being is they trained at 3 o'clock at Rothwell on a Tuesday and a Thursday. The players had contracts to train um, two nights. So they were working 9 till 5. So the numbers in training were just, um, they were just shocking. And, uh, you know, I feel for Neil in that as well because obviously... You know, numbers, you probably have nine a training, and then there's a couple of them, you know, that are from the under, you know, the under 21s or the younger things, just to sort of make up decent numbers. You know, there's no bibs or cones or anything like that, and it's just the complete opposite of what I'm about. I like, you know, knowing who's training and, um, you know, making sure that everything's there. Matty Glennon in there, it was brilliant for me, to be fair. He, could make, you know, sort of kept me in the loop with what was what. Um, but yeah, it just, went sort of against and, and, and I think it was clear to see um, that I think it was a Thursday I was appointed so I went and watched training on the Thursday the Saturday could beat 7-1 um, I think it was home to Cheltenham um, but I think it was very very clear there was no real identity there but it was good players but again you know because of this, so many of them were missing training um, so many nights fitness had deteriorated there's some fit players in it but for me you need a full team of that yeah. um, and, and this went on we, we played in the Tuesday we beat Altrincham good result there was lots of positive signs um, and then it came to the last I think it was um, Eastleigh I think it was 2-1 I think they weren't far off um, and I went and spoke to I used to speak with the chairman every, um, every Tuesday it was a Tuesday after that and I said to be honest, you know, I, I can't do this, you know, it's because it, it's like me going out to coach about balls, bits and cones. You know, there were so many things and, and we just mutually agreed to, to go our separate ways then. You know, nothing, nothing um, um, sinister or anything, you know, as I say, left in good terms. Um, he understood where I was coming from and, and probably the results made it easy for him as well. But like everything you need, you need time to really adjust it. <coughs> but and there's just so many of them things it, it, it's difficult you know it's yeah. going to take time to get players and it's going to take time you know again to you know try and get a venue scarred everywhere in, in Yorkshire to get you know um, spoke to Leeds in terms of using their facilities to train two nights a week and it just became so so difficult to do then and I just thought no having learnt my lessons at Oldham I thought it's best just to get out of it and, and just reevaluate. and bear in mind it was only a couple of weeks after, a number of weeks after um, Oldham, so I hadn't even get fully over the, the Oldham because that, that, that hurt me, that, you know, mm. because, as I said to you before, you know, you, you you spend, you know, so much money on all these courses and things like that, and then within the space of seven, seven months, it's effectively taken from you, and you basically have to start... And at the bottom, and work your way up again, yeah. which was my plan to do anyway. Did that mad period almost put you off uh, becoming a manager or a coach, or did it just strengthen no. your desire? No, because I, you know, you come up with the old thing, you know, it's not that you fail, you've learned. Um, at the end of the day, if it didn't, if it didn't believe in in, in me, if you, if you like, if it didn't think it would, uh, I could do it. Um, I, I wouldn't have done it, but 
as I say, I go back to, you know, it's a, everything is about people, you know, um, and, and that, that, that's what it's about, you know, getting the best out of people. I like the challenge, I've done the psychology and all this year. I know, you know, it's like when I first came in, um, you know, at Scarborough, you know, it's about speaking to players, engaging with them, getting them to play with belief. I love the challenge of that. I love the tactical side, you know, on the training pitch and, you know, being really, really hands-on, seeing people prosper, seeing people go on to better things. Um, I love the challenge of that, you know, as I say, the like of George Ed- Edmondson at the same thing when I was a youth team coach, you know, at York City, you know, Ben Godfrey, we brought him into the academy. Um, he was released from Middlesbrough because he was too small. I think I brought him in. He was under 13, worked with him for four years, gave him a white tee, and I probably worked about 50 million in, at, at, at Norwich. You know, it's not the brag or anything. It, it's just football gives you that. If you can see some young player aspiring to be what they want to be, it, it's so satisfying and rewarding. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm very, very conscious of time here. We've we've, we've rattled on there. Um, oh, yeah, we, we won't touch on Hyde United. We'll we'll skip over that bit. Um, no, as I say, it's no problem with me time wise and crack on, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I can talk on a bit too much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just briefly touch on Hyde, and obviously, you, you've gone in there from Halifax a minute. It's a little bit later on. Um, yeah. What was the thought process behind the move upstairs to the? Was it a sporting director or director of football role that you moved into? What was the thinking yeah, there? Very close to, as I said, quite deep. So 
um, a CEO, uh, Mark Worthington, I was very close with. Um, I was at, you know, the club, you know, for, for two, three years with him. Um, and he, he just became a great friend. And, you know, he was there. And, you know, there, as we know, there, there was a tough times at the start, but such a positive guy throughout that, along with myself. And, you know, he, he, he just, um, he, he had a heart attack and died, you know. Oh, wow. so Wow. It, it was it was very challenging. Uh, you know, I, I felt a part of me had had, you know, almost died at that time because you know he was such a big part of why I was there, and you know, and and, and he wasn't there anymore. And uh, you know, again, I just thought then that you know the the sporting director wanted to let his legacy, you know, continue on through what I was doing as sporting director. And um, yeah, to say you know it didn't it didn't have to be done as much. But, you know, we, we went on and we made the change to, to Dave to be manager. But like everything, as we know, we, we've done things, we brought money in. And um, and obviously I, I was on um, salary as well. Not, not, not a great salary or anything there. But, you know, times were becoming tough. You know, gates and things like that, you know. Um, and I, I, I said then, to be honest, you know, I have a young family. I want to sort of... Um, give the money back and you know I'm, I'm always at the other end of the phone if you need anything and um, and, and basically try to you know save the club some money as well from that but you know um, I, again looking back where I'd, I'd such a great um, nearly four years there you know and I just thought you know it was, a, it, was a t- it was the right time and you know the thing about it was is um, I said I'll, I'll you know re-energize myself see where things are at and then look to maybe get back into the management side um, after a nice break because we'd also South Africa booked in December. Yeah. So it, I thought it was a good time, good family time and then uh, I'd resigned from that position um, and then as I say, the, 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 the Scarborough position came up um, within a week and again, <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, I was about to touch on that. Obviously, it came up when John Deasy got got it. Was yeah. it was it that the reason he didn't go for it around that sort of time? Was was it the holiday was booked? You wanted a break from things. Yes. Yeah. I um, yeah because you know again I, I, I don't I've never went away during season or anything like that. No, and and the thing about it was speaking um, speaking to him at, um, Trevor, um, Paul, and, and Fred, and they were they were absolutely brilliant. Um, but you know, I'd said to them, from, "I've got this holiday. It's not ideal." But the thing about it is, is I just couldn't turn the job down. No. You know, I, I just couldn't because as I, going back to them, you know, Tuesday wet nights um, at Bread, where you know there's a great crowd get behind their team. Uh, I just go back to that and where where the real heartbeat of the club was coming through them challenging times not having the you know the new you know their own stadium and that yeah. and and as I say when they offered another position I thought you know as I say I was very upfront and clear with them you have a holiday and things like that and um, and they were great with that to be fair and um, yeah I, I just couldn't turn it down because yeah. I, I just think the potential of the club Dan yeah. is, is is absolutely brilliant you know and you know, again, coming back is what I said, you know, uh, uh, on social media where you see the times gone by, you know, these are inspiring things. And if you think you can create a little bit of success, it can get you a couple of promotions and things like that, it'll be all worthwhile. Yeah. It'll be all worth uh, the, the 
sweat and tears. And yeah. Stuff, eh? <laughs> yeah. So just just to finish off, I mean, I, I might yeah. get in a bit of trouble here, but with a few Borough fans, obviously the Borough fans are taken to you. Um, but you're still a very, you're, you're, you're very yeah, Likewise, yeah. You're you still know? a very young coach. Um, you've 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 coached full time clubs. You you've coached a very young coach. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he's becoming best pal. <laughs> yeah. You know that. Yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. You're still, <laughs> yeah, a, you're still a youngish coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll stick with the, the latter. <laughs> what's the uh, what, what's the future hold for Darren Kelly? Is he your aim to get back to a full time managerial role? Um, obviously, you're working with Eye to Eye. Are you happy? Are you happy with that? What, what's what's the what does the future hold ideally for yourself? The, the, the future for me is to be um, a success and, and a great success. As a, you know, as you stated, I've had a great connection with supporters. Um, and a lot of that, you know, again, go, going at that a little bit deeper, um, I'll go back to before John DC get the, um, get the job, where where my name was, there was like a little poll um, in the paper, and I'd seen I topped that. Mm. You know, that you know things like that were, were brilliant. Then when I came around again, it was the same thing, and... And the you know the, the reception and everything that I've got, and what you have, you know, I've gone into the, lo- the you know the local pubs and, and seen the supporters and the way I've been received and the way people is, you know, um, taken to me the way I've taken to them. You know, again, it gets back to it's all about people. People, you know, making time for people, then making time for you, and and that's what it's done. You, you can see, you know, how you know what you can actually see. You can actually see the hurt. Some times gone by as well in terms of the way the club previously ended, and um, but what, what what they want to do is create something good and something special, and, and and to be honest, I think it's the tools to do that. But I can't do it without the support of the supporters, because everybody plays such a big part. You know, the supporters and coming out and getting behind the team and really getting behind what we're looking to do. Because you know, as I say, since I've come out, since I've come in. They've been absolutely instrumental in everything, you know, um, and, and and that's key to it, you know. When they're when you're when you're one nil, um, when you're one nil up with, with ten minutes to go and backs against the wall, they play that part. And and as I said, it's been so such a special time. I, I, I do understand that you're probably going to get to go through periods where you know periods of difficulty, um, but I think. You know, supporters have gauged what I'm about. They'll give everything to it. Hopefully, we can have plain sailing and everything can go smoothly. Um, but, you know, well, whenever the season starts um, back up, we'll, we'll just see see what it brings. But as I said before, I know what we need for this league. Hopefully, you know, we can get that in, in terms of, you know, challenging. And, and, and then, as I say, when the league finally starts up, um, I, I, I would expect and hope that the support of the supporters we can go and make um, could make a good account of ourselves wonderful I've uh, I've kept you on a lot longer than I promised I would do there Darren so I want to <laughs> thank, thank you for your time tonight no, do you want to just polish up finish, finish it off with a message for the fans obviously it's it's dark times at the moment people are struggling people are anxious um, yeah. give them a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and let's speak about next season very briefly and just give them a message of, of hope I suppose yeah that, 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 that is that is the, the message of I think you know, as supporters, we'll look forward to the good times ahead because I believe they're going to be good times ahead. And yeah, they, these are little um, 
challenging times. Obviously, you know, everybody been stuck at home. You know, but I think it's you know it's that time of reflection as well, where you realise the you know the important the important things, obviously, in life and family and things like that. And the other side of that is is obviously your hometown club. Now, what I would what I would love is you know again people to come out when when the league restarts, whenever that may be, is to really get behind the team and you know do effectively what they've been doing because you know you have no idea the the difference it makes, and then. You know, in 12 months, hopefully we'll reap the rewards of everything that every supporter and board member and volunteer and, you know, staff member that, you know, will get the rewards of that, hopefully. And But, you know, it's not just, it's about everybody playing their part. And, you know, these good times will, will come back. And, and I have no doubt when um, when they do, everybody will be just so happy. Wonderful. Couldn't have put that better myself, Darren. What a way to finish. Yeah. Thank you very much again for coming on the Extra Time podcast a second time. Pleasure, Dan. It's Wonderful. Pleasure. And we'll catch up soon and discuss football. Brilliant. All right. Thank nice you very much. Dan. All right. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Please Darren. Take care. Thank Good you. Best. Cheers now. You've been listening to the latest episode of the SN Sport Extra Time podcast, sponsored by Askew Brook. For the latest local sports news, visit www.thescarboroughnews.co.uk slash sport. And don't forget to buy your copy of the Scarborough News every Thursday, featuring all the latest sports news, roundup and reaction.